and welcome to episode 12 of the LDCU Talking Online Learning Podcast. My name is Jim Judges and in this episode I talk to Associate Professor Kath Lambert and Teaching Fellow Roxanne Douglas about their IATL-funded project exploring community values in a sexual digital world, shutdown and virgin territory. This ran as a series of online participatory workshops earlier in the academic year. We talk about some of the challenges as well as some of the emergent plus points of having to reconfigure an artistic and dramatic performance piece for the online environment and how the workshops were delivered and received. This really is a fascinating project with a highly important message. In addition to the account of how the project was adapted, I think we can also see some parallels between the move to online for the creative industries and the move to online for those involved in education too. Later in the conversation, we talk more about the last year and the challenges and some outcomes of teaching online and at a distance. Kath and Roxanne discuss the importance of consistency and simplicity in the online environment, as well as the fact that working online may have helped to provide a more whole person view of our students and of each other as we've developed and improved our sensitivity to each other's lives, perhaps. This is a really good listen, and I'm thankful to Kath and Roxanne for their time and for sharing their thoughts and experiences. Okay, well, nice to meet you both. I'm here with Kath Lambert and Roxanne Douglas, but rather than me introduce you, perhaps you could introduce yourselves. Kath, first of all, could you say a little bit about your your work and your role here at Warwick? Yeah, sure. So I'm based in the sociology department. Um, I'm an associate professor of sociology, and um, part of part of my role, part of my research, has been working very closely with creative practitioners. And for this project that we're going to talk about today, um, I was working collaboratively with Vincent Dance Theatre as part of kind of my ongoing research um, and my ongoing pedagogy. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. And Roxanne. Hi, I'm Roxanne Douglas. I'm a currently a teaching fellow in the English and Comparative Literary Studies Department. Uh, I have quite a lot of involvement with the Centre for the Study of Women and Gender, which is how I came onto this project to help essentially pivot from in person to a new kind of snazzy online format because, you know, of the obvious reasons why we've all moved online. Indeed, indeed. And we must say more more about that. So maybe we could have a, a chat about the the project itself uh, and then we might broaden the discussion out into thinking about uh, some of the changes and experiences from the from the last year um, so yeah what about that I understand it it started as a an IATL uh, funded project uh, do you want to introduce us to the project perhaps Kath first of all and tell us where it came from and how it all started sure so the project yeah it was funded by IATL by a strategic grant and as I say, it was a collaboration between um, me and sociology and Vincent Dance Theatre, who are based in Brighton and are uh, a dance company, um, a, a theatre company that produce quite kind of radical, um, feminist, challenging work. And we wanted to collaborate around the theme of sexual consent, sexual violence, um, digitization, digital culture um, around sexual consent and they've produced live and film work um, on this theme and the idea was to bring a film installation to Warwick campus 
um, to install it in a physical location. Um, we plan to install it in the students' union and to have it installed over the period of a, a week or so where we would use it as a basis for creative workshops with um, you know, user groups in the university, with students, with staff, with people working ar around these themes. Um, so, yeah, that was the, the outline of the project initially. Clearly, um, pandemic intervened and we had to make some quite dramatic changes to the project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like an exciting uh, and important project. Um, and what about yourself, Roxanne? How did you get involved and, and what was your input? Sure. So essentially, as Kath mentioned, this was very much meant to be an embodied and sensory project. So that in, in the original version, there were going to be things like you could bury things and draw things and draw things by yourself or collaboratively. And, you know, there was going to be a lot of the sense of being able to select what you do and do not engage with in that kind of proximal space. But then, as Kath mentioned, everything moves online. We have to for safety purposes. So this is kind of when I was brought on board with the project. So my role was essentially to help reconceptualize how we were going to do this and retain the feel of the piece and maintain kind of the, the same goals that we had, which were to intervene in kind of conversations about consent and gender-based violence, gender-based harassment, other kinds of um, gender issues such as gender roles. You know, there's a lot to be yeah. said about male bravado, especially yeah. among young people, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we wanted to maintain all those things, but we had to do it pretty much via Teams. And yes. So we had to have a sort of big back to the drawing um, boards. Um, and what, what about that then? I mean, the, the creative arts and the performing arts have been affected uh, like many industries and many, many areas of work. Uh, we we tempted, Kath, just to think, oh, cranky, we, we, we'll just have to wait. Um, or or, or did, you, did you believe that it, it could be transferred into an online environment? Did you, did you worry about that? Yeah, we worried a lot. It went through various stages. So I think probably lots of people can relate to this. At first, we thought we'll wait. You know, this is a project that we 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 didn't even conceptualise any other way apart from in a huge room in that engaged embodied way that Roxanne's just talked about. So we did wait, we deferred it, um, you know, and then a little bit later on in the spring, it became clear that, that things were not going to get any better. And it's a funded project with uh, an endpoint that the funding wasn't going to be there forever. We needed to seize the opportunity. And then it became kind of inevitable that it was either online or cancel. Um, you know, and we didn't want to cancel it. It was an important project. And so, and as you say, you know, Vincent Dance Theatre as creative practitioners were having to think about a lot of their practice in this way um, and they're also useful used to working in digital formats to producing film and things like yeah. this so yeah. we sat down and had very very different conversations um, yeah. but it was a it was a big disappointment it was a yeah. Yeah, the feeling initially was very much of of loss and yes. I, I felt quite despairing really at what we yeah. wouldn't be able to do and at the 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 things that were felt to me central to the project that I wasn't quite sure we're going to be able to be realised online. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. And and we might uh, in a minute talk about perhaps uh, the limitations of that uh, medium, but then also if there were any benefits and plus points and opportunities. But what about yourself reflecting on that then, Roxanne? Did you, were you concerned about the digitisation of this type of activity? Well, I think you have to remember that this happened way back in, we initially were sort of working on this project around March time yeah. um, and we delivered it in November. So comparatively, this was still when 
we were all kind of feeling our way with the different platforms and different tools and online yeah. things. So, um, I mean, I hadn't been attached to the project as early as CAP has, and yeah. for me, it always was always going to be this pivoted thing. Yeah. But I could really see that what was going to be important was all the things that Kath talked about, where you you do have this embodied sense, and there were things that were conceived of as part of as con- central yeah. to projects, such as you know you're going to have multiple screens playing multiple things and being able to move around and interact yeah. with people or not interact with people. And so we had to really reconceive of yeah. how things might happen from a principle up rather than a what we used to have down kind of. Yes. Yes. Way. Um, I mean. One of the fortuitous things about this project is that although it is dance theatre, it's it's digitised. So it's all videos that we've been playing um, on multiple screens across the space or together in in the space, um, which meant that we had a digital resource. What's also fortuitous is that these these dance theatre pieces are provocations about how we, or how maybe even young people specifically, engage with gender, with consent, with sexuality in digital spaces as well as in physical spaces. So it was already speaking to the fact that actually we were already in this kind of fraught time using digital spaces really, really differently how we ever have before. Sure. Yeah. No, I can I can see that I can see how that might be representative of of the time we're uh, living in and through and and what about if we fast forward then Kev to the finished product maybe and and then just reflect on reflect on that how how do you feel now that you've completed the project and in fact could you tell us a bit about the 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 final product and what happened so in the end we um we organized a, a series of of online workshops that we ran um through teams kind of for strategic reasons really with signups um and we shared some of the the resources that Roxanne was just talking about um that we had to be much more selective um about because these were two hour workshops you know so um we couldn't be so open as we would have been in the way that the materials were shared and engaged with and then we facilitated these workshops various discussions and activities in a very structured way probably much more more structured mm-hmm. than we would have done in in the physical space but there were definitely you know if we if we think about what came out of that um those the, those discussions were incredibly rich um they were really very provocative um sometimes quite intimate very interesting spaces that the materials and us as facilitators generated um so certainly the discussions were no less interesting yeah um, and the materials that we produced i think were probably very different from what would have been produced in the big space of the copper rooms in the student union for yeah. sure i think yeah. it became a very different project but still a very valuable one and can I just check who the audience was then? Who who has um, experienced uh, these resources? Um, who who was it? Who got involved? It was a real mixture, and that was actually one of the the kind of unseen benefits in a way of doing it online. Um, so our target audience was always going to be very broad. So a mixture of students and staff. We wanted to target people, um, you know, who were in kind of sports societies working in specific. Um, you know, projects and things that were around sexual violence, harassment in the university, um, people who are working in teaching and learning around these things like the Community Values Education Programme, people maybe in senior administrative roles um, around harassment and consent. 
Um, so clearly these are all big topics in the university at the mm. moment. And so we would have targeted this audience for both iterations of the project um, in person and online. But certainly the online space, I think, perhaps made it more likely that a variety of people were able to commit for two hours and and access it via teams that might not have come to the student union. Um, yes. So we didn't we didn't get the drop in from students, um, but we did end up with some incredibly interesting combinations of people speaking together in a kind of very um, yeah a, a kind of a, a very a very important space but one that we were able to really hold them in that space yeah. you know and yeah. have different conversations yeah and um, what about yourself Roxanne do you have any um, reflections on that before we think about um, wider impact perhaps oh definitely so just to really echo what Kath was saying I think what one of the most rich things that came out of having to do this digitally was we had really fantastic and interesting conversations that were also quite intimate between you know in one instance we had a first year student speaking with a senior really quite senior member of staff about what happens at parties when a girl is drunk and a boy is trying to flirt with her and you know, does that student intervene? Does that student not intervene? Do they need to get someone who is, uh, you know, a, a male student or identifies as male to kind of help them? You know, th- there's a lot of like really interesting things. And I think that that senior member of STAR, not to kind of cast any, you know, disparaging about how much or little they might have contact with students otherwise. Yes. But, one of the things we were really proud of is that this space facilitated what could have been a impossible conversation. Yes. Or at least a very awkward conversation, right? Yeah, um, no, that's 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 interesting. Sorry to talk, but it is interesting to observe um, with this project, but perhaps more broadly, that one thing that Teams and this type of communication tool has allowed, as you were saying, Kath, it's it's, it's meant that perhaps a wider audience can get involved um be tempted in uh, but then also perhaps some of the hierarchies have been flattened as as well which which perhaps is an unexpected but but useful benefit of, the, of that approach um sorry roxanne um I, d- I don't know if i interrupted you you might have been able to you might have been about to finish that off no it's actually funny you should say that because that's kind of where i was going with this is um one of the things that i find technologically interesting about using say something like teams is um digitally everyone's voice gets equalized so there's an interesting metaphor there about equality and equalization in terms of sound um which in some ways can be um inconvenient uh in as much as you can't sort of whisper to someone like oh we're moving on to the next bit now or like do we need to get but at the same time it means that um even in my curricular teaching pedagogically on student screens on teams i'm right there in there with them Um, and having those kinds of discussions which I think is something that actually I want to bring out on this time even when we're back in Keth you were disappointed that you wasn't uh, you weren't able perhaps to put it into a physical space but uh, will it have any life beyond this project is there an opportunity to use it in a, a, in the future in, in different yeah, ways yeah definitely i mean the materials that come out of it the plan is to turn them into useful resources um, potentially teaching resources policy based resources um, and so you know that's stuff we're wor- working on at the moment now yeah. uh, with the outputs from the project and I, we would have done that whatever um, yeah. so i think the, the nature of the materials that we've got as output are slightly different but probably their utility 
um, you know, in, in, in terms of making them into new products is is just as rich for it having been through a digital process. Yes. One thing I should ask you is about the actual the actual technology side yeah. of it. Yeah, maybe that might might be interesting. So. Yes. Yeah, so as this is a, a podcast related to online learning, I'm always interested to hear about the, the technology. Do you, want, do you want to say anything about that side of things, Roxanne, in terms of were you the person or the people, the team involved in using the technology or was someone else doing that? And what tools were you using? So, um, yeah, in practical terms, uh, we use Teams because it's um, something that everyone who has a Warwick login has access to. So one of the things we wanted to avoid was any barriers to participation, but also security. And I mean, you know, you remember around this time, there was a lot of kind of talk of other platforms being infiltrated by people not in your organisation. So we wanted to make sure that it was safe, especially as we were having really sensitive conversations and looking at sensitive topics. Um, so that was the basic thing. The way it ended up working is we sort of had this multi-platform thing going on. So we would direct our participants to a Padlet and this Padlet would start off pretty much blank, but we would populate it over the course of the workshop. So we'd watch a video and then we'd pop a uh, image from that part of whether it was Virgin Territory or shutdown on the Padlet and ask for a um, response or have a provocation or a question based on what they've just seen that would then be, if they chose to, anonymously populated on the Padlet. And it was essentially a digital way of getting that sense of like scribbling on a big piece of paper together and kind of creating mess. One of the things we really missed about the the Mm. original version was the mess, right? Yeah, um, yeah. That kind of tactile relationship with other people's work. So we missed the messiness of the original version, but then we also just did really basic stuff like sharing the videos via a shared screen uh, function on Teams. At the time, um, I've got a really old Mac, and so at the time the sound actually, I wasn't able to share my sound so yes. what happened is it had to go, be played through my speakers and then picked up again via my own uh, yeah. microphone. Not- so it was quite tinny. So there were, yeah, there were these odd limitations, but it was just a way of making sure that we were all watching the same video at the same time. We, yes. we sent off links, you know, there's inevitably one person for whom it doesn't work. And there's, you know, there's inevitably someone who's 30 seconds behind everyone else or, you know, yeah. these kind of time management things. So just really in the interest of time management, I think that's how we... Um, yes. That's, that's, that's interesting to hear. And, and Kath, uh, what about yourself from the, the technology point of view? Was, did you find it, it challenging or uh, did you, did you uh, still manage to have a positive experience despite the grumbles? I think um, in the build up to it, it was hugely anxiety inducing, um, which I'm sure many listeners can relate to. You know, what if it doesn't work and and all the rest of it? Um, We were concerned about the kind of quality because especially from Vincent Dance Theatre's point of view, you know, they are professional creative practitioners. And so I think perhaps in university, in our teaching, we're perhaps not so I speak personally. I'm not so bothered about the sound quality as long as it's kind of understandable. But for them, this loss of quality felt quite Mm. problematic um and so there were concerns about that but ultimately you know after afterwards and looking back on it you know it it did all work fine and it the technology did enable us to kind of have the conversation that we wanted and ultimately this wasn't about the technology it was about the conversations and 
and yes. you know it, it, it enabled us to kind of create the spaces that we needed to and if i made a connection between uh, perhaps this and and we might broaden the discussion now into thinking about teaching and learning in general could it be the case that in the ideal world that you might offer both formats uh, that you you might offer the uh, uh, workshop in the the physical world but you might also offer the teams experience or 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 um, do you think it, it would always work better and you'd prefer to pull in the the live audience uh, more participants what do you think about that what would you say Kath? um i would say i could never imagine going solely down the technology route no. thinking that's it um you know it, it's yeah. teams forever um but at the same time i think we have seen the value in doing um things in a digital way as you yeah. said earlier kind of pulling in a broader a broader audience and so yeah i absolutely could imagine with this and with other you know the teaching and learning and other projects that i'm involved in now we know we can do it and we yes. do recognize those values that we might think in parallel ways about our projects definitely yeah and and, and i have heard uh, from those who are involved in the move to perhaps uh, digital performance that one of the benefits is that they they're broadening their audience even even beyond uh, you know our own uh, boundaries making a, an international audience so there are those benefits perhaps uh, what about yourself roxanne do you want to say anything on that before we talk more generally no i think i agree i mean one of the really nice things about doing it online was that we had um a couple of members of our work community who weren't able to be in the uk at the time for the obvious reasons yeah. Yeah. um and whether or not they would have been in the uk and attended is you know an imaginary question that we can't really yes. ever answer but it did mean that we in, even though it was still our warwick community it was our international work yes. community. however I, I think Kath's right going forward. I don't think we're ever going to be just teams forever. No, I no. Really, I really miss, you know, IRL space. Yes, um, yes. But coming up with ways of maybe including or integrating a digital workshop, I think, has opened up a load of boundaries for lots of different types of people for lots of different types of reasons. Yeah. And as Kath says, now that we know that we can, we can sort of keep some of the good bits going forward. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting, really, because it's the, it's the sort of thing that the university and uh, therefore we are thinking about this idea of the hybrid approach and, and whether or not you might even think about, uh, you know, having a live classroom into which you allow uh, virtual uh, distant participants and likewise with a, a workshop uh, like this. But anyway, hold that thought. Uh, so it sounds like a great, exciting and important project. So thank you for sharing that. What about the broader aspects of teaching and learning over the last year then? Do you want to say something about what, what sorts of teaching do you get involved in, Kath, and, and what, what programmes do you support? And, and what has what your experience been of, um, of teaching and learning? Um, so I teach in the sociology department at undergraduate and postgraduate level. And my teaching over this pandemic year has been um, a mixture of both. I've been teaching on campus in socially distanced classrooms with our new undergraduates and then also teaching online. Um, some of those classes that then had to go online and some that were designated online classes with postgrads right from the outset. So mm. I've I've had a, a real mixture um, yeah. throughout throughout the time. Yeah. Yeah. What sort of teaching do you get involved in, Roxanne? What, what have you done over the last year? So uh, similar to Kath, I've um, been working with mostly undergraduates. I do have a, a master's dissertation student who I've only been seeing online. Um, but I had quite an interesting experience this year because I mostly teach for English and Comparative Lit. Um, however, I did pick up a little bit of teaching with the history department. 
and those students are finalists and my English students are uh, first year undergraduate. Okay. Okay. So I've had sort of both ends of the, the student life cycle for undergraduate years yeah. and the way that these students have approached online learning has been very very different and their comfort level has been very, yes. very it's been really interesting actually yes and we, we we must say a little bit more about about that perhaps um so Kath, what about uh, what about your um, experience then of the of the two formats, the uh, teaching face to face and um, online? Uh, what have what have been the main challenges and experiences? And yeah, I mean, in in term one, I think I felt like I was doing both badly, which was probably something that um, a lot of people can resonate with. The you know the the in person classroom felt quite difficult. I, you know, I teach sociology. We we have critical, engaged discussions, lively, heated debates, and suddenly we're sitting in a freezing cold classroom, or required to face forward with masks on. We couldn't hear each other. Um, having said that, a, a very very difficult time. These were new students on campus, first years, and I think that contact was important even though it was very compromised um so it felt like a kind of really important space that we kind of made the most of i know the students you know many of the students were very disappointed when we lost that um in-person contact even though it you know it was very imperfect and they really really struggled to engage mm -hmm. online and i think um a lot of those those particularly our first years um really didn't engage well online and and didn't seem to be having certainly if they were very difficult to communicate with online even ones that I'd established a relationship with in face-to-face -face seminars um for 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 later years students the finalists my MA students um you know obviously this is a generalization and there were definitely exceptions in both cases but they were were more willing to make the most of the online space um mm -hmm able to make the most of it and we did have some you know quite quite good sessions um online quite lively sessions that there was a lot of participation and and certainly from some students who struggle maybe for you know issues around anxiety or disability were were very positive about being able to access so much yes. because of the online format so even though they're they're in a minority you know I think that it was a really important outcome for them that that this was actually a really positive experience yes yeah that's that, that's interesting and Roxanne do you have any thoughts on that yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I did do a few weeks of face-to-face uh, -face teaching with students in, in person um, and it was not pedagogically ideal at all. It was this sort of Victorian style classroom where they couldn't look at each other or touch each other or be near each other and they had to look at me and you had to be the sage on the stage, which is never uh, a style of teaching that I like to do. Um, and it was very it had almost the same limitations as teams you know we've we've all been lamenting that teams is very difficult for instance to do pair work or smaller group yeah. work where you still couldn't do it in person with the, yeah. with the restrictions but I think as Kath said I think it was important yeah. for particularly our first year undergraduates who haven't actually met their peers by that yes. to have each other in person one of the ways I got around this was I actually took some students um in my seminar groups, instead of going to our assigned classroom, we actually went for a walk around the lakes instead in a socially distanced manner. Yeah. Um, for me, this felt safer, um, but this also was to do with the fact that we were looking at poetry that was to do with like the body and nature and stuff like that. So it also worked really well with the content. And actually the students loved 
having a bit more freedom of space and being able to actually see each other and speak to one another even yeah. though it was still socially distant and still a little bit fraught. Yeah, and I, and I think picking up on both of those points, and and you mentioned kept this idea of um, sort of loneliness and isolation, particularly for the new students and the first year students, um, is is such a been such a challenge this year. So I'm assuming perhaps making assumptions that you will be looking forward to getting back into the classroom when you can. But is there anything from what you've done this year, Kath, that you will hope to uh, perhaps distill or continue to use or any lessons learned? Yeah, I'm sure there will be. Um, I mean, I am looking forward to getting back in the classroom, definitely. But, um, you know, we've all been required to prepare a lot more material to be consumed online not just in our live online teaching but you know preparing lecture materials and things like that and I think that's beneficial for everybody students have definitely been really appreciative of that and I can see the value of that and so I think particularly as we're likely um, next year to be going into a kind of so-called blended model anyway um, but you know our lecture materials are likely to remain in that format um, and I do think there's you know a lot of positive stuff about that it will widen yeah. widen engagement with it and probably deepen it too because people can listen and listen again um, yeah. so yeah, I'm, I'm quite positive about um, the mixture of, yes. of live and, and digital that I think potentially we'll be able to make use of when when we've got a bit of autonomy left over how we actually teach. <laughs> yeah, let's hope let's hope that returns. And I, and I suppose we're, we are revealing this idea of, of choice, aren't we? It can make it harder for the teacher and make it for all of us in that it means that we're having to broadcast on a number of different channels. We have the live group, but then we also have a, a blended group. But but from a student point of view, if they can access the material in a way they prefer, then you would hope that that's, that's got to be a good thing. But... There are only so many hours in the day. What what about um, what about you, uh, Roxanne? Are you looking forward to getting back in the classroom when we can? Oh, am I ever! What I would give for a physical whiteboard that can just stay there but not make everyone's face tiny, um, and just things like really strange things like that, I've really missed. Mm. Um, again, I know it's an oldie but a goodie, but things like think pair share are really hard on online platforms. Yeah. Um, especially, as I say, if you've got an older uh, computer like mine, where the latest updates to Teams come through six months later than yeah. everybody else. Um, but with that said, I agree with Kath. I think things like online lectures have really been a game changer for a lot of our students, especially as they've been struggling with things like mental health. And so, you know, getting a young person who is struggling with their mental health up and into a lecture hall is much more difficult than getting them to open a you know a stream page yeah. to yeah. do so now i'm not saying that we should only do yeah. things online going forward i think we've all kind of learned that it's not necessarily preferable unless you're kind of in a environment say the um, open university that's kind of geared a bit more towards that yeah. um, but all kinds of accessibility has yeah. opened up for our students and i think that can only be a good sure. thing it's just about keeping what's useful but not getting too bogged down as you say with too much choice i think yeah. sometimes you know yeah uh, no that's interesting this is this is all very good uh, and really interesting to hear can i just ask you i can't resist um do you um i think in sociology you will be using moodle is that right uh, kath uh, do you make much use of moodle in your in your teaching um, yeah, yeah yeah and and what about yourself roxanne in in your subject area in english do you use so, moodle much there are moodles I don't always 
even have access to them if I'm totally honest so for me I think one of the things that I have learned not only from this project but just across my curricular teaching this year is you know we've got all these tools and we've got all these new toys to play with and when we first went online I was like great I'm going to use this and this and Padlet and and an annotating tool that's collaborative and you know and it was just too much yes so although Moodle is part of our kind of tradition at Warwick Uni is part of our kind of technological tradition. We, I've found that actually, if you, if I'm telling my first year undergraduates who may have never used Teams before, we're meeting on Teams every week. We have a Teams space. I've just been populating the Teams space, if okay. I'm honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that sometimes simpler the better. You know, yes. the, you know, instead of saying, oh, we have meetings on Teams, but your resources are on Moodle, and then we engage on something else, and then you submit on Tabular. You know gosh my head's already exploding yeah so I think sometimes keeping things fairly fairly consistent with yes. where you're actually going to be digitally is the same as kind of in proximal space you know if we were one week in the humanities building and then the next week over at Melbourne and then the next week over in sociology again students would be sort of spinning around on their heels wondering where we were meant to be so I think it's the same in the digital space really yeah no I think I think um that's interesting to hear and I, and I would guess uh, perhaps that uh, as long as students can find what they need, um, then uh, where it is perhaps might not be so important. But if they're supported by enthusiastic and knowledgeable tutors, then perhaps uh, that, that that's key, of course. Um, I've taken up lots of your time, but it's an interesting discussion. Was there anything else you wanted to mention that, I, that, that Kath, related to the experience of online learning over the last, last year or, or what you're looking forward to? Is there anything else that came to mind? Um, I think perhaps you know it may it may be that we edit it back in with the discussion mm, around yeah. um, around the Vincent Dance Theatre, but I yep. do think and it's, it relates more widely actually to um, to teaching and learning is that that everybody is in their own space even though you're in the shared digital space, mm-hmm. and I think there's there's something about that um, you know that people are logging in from their bedrooms and their private studies and their home spaces and there's that kind of leakiness between people's home lives and their private lives and their caring contexts and what's going on in their professional lives and I think that's I mean it's been extensively discussed in terms of you know the cameras on cameras off debates for for students and all of that sort of stuff it it can bring problems and you know concerns but it also can be i think certainly we found in our project quite interesting and mean that that for creating quite a kind of intimate space having people in their home settings could be quite um, productive of different sorts of discussions and different exposures and intimacies, people's cats and their kids and all of this stuff become part of the discussion. And so I do think that is an interesting aspect of online space that's both problematic, but also got lots of potential um, and has resonated a lot, has had kind of unexpected outcomes, I think, for Mm. us this year. Yeah, no, that's interesting because I, I guess society and the world of work are grappling with that dilemma, aren't they? Because it's great not having to commute, but then also um, not being able to separate the personal from the professional is also challenging. Um, so and, and those different spaces, there are sometimes advantages to being able to occupy and even be a, a slightly different person in different places. So quite interesting to reflect on. Roxanne, yeah. But even from a pedagogic perspective, I think um just to kind of build on what you're saying, Kath, I think that kind of has forced us to approach, this has forced us to approach teaching from 
a more holistic and whole person point of view than we ever have before because now we really do recognize that our students are also whole people with whole lives where we don't know what the family situation might be or their work situation might be or their you know home environment might look like um so you know again this is one of the things and this kind of sensitivity i suppose to ourselves as people and to our students as people kind of coming and converging in in whatever space it is whether that's digital or you know proximal real life space you know I think that's something that's really valuable and really um important thank you for that do you think um as as individuals though that that as as teachers that can be more emotionally demanding do you think we're being do you think we're being asked to do more than ever as a result of that we're getting drawn into more there are some benefits perhaps to being in a neutral space is that is that uh, causing a challenge for all of us maybe all these things have got you know this is haven't they it's it's a bit of both I mean of course it is more challenging and it does put more demands on us as sort of facilitators and educators definitely but I would say those demands are actually legitimate and important ones that our students do have all of that stuff going on in their lives all the time and what this requires is that we attend to it because we can't ignore it and Mm. we do as well and I'm always a bit critical of this sort of false separation between our personal and our professional lives we manage it at a cost sometimes and if anything what's come out of this has been more recognition of people's caring responsibilities their other contexts that they they have to work very very hard in order to maintain a kind of separation between them and I think perhaps if we can be a little bit more cognizant of that a little bit more caring in our you know our recognition of the multiple things people are dealing with um, then that that's probably one of the good outcomes yes very very much so thank you very much uh been great to uh, hear about your project and find out about your teaching thanks kath thanks very much and uh, roxanne thanks for your time thank you so much it's been a pleasure well that's it for this episode of the ldcu talking online learning podcast once again thank you to our contributors kath lambert and roxanne douglas If you want to find out more about the collaborative video dance project and see the trailers for the Shutdown and Virgin Territory pieces, you can follow the link on the LDCU podcast page. Until next time, thanks for listening.